This is Jake McKinley, aka Skin, the owner of the Fresh Prince of Hell Air, the two-time Flog Champion, and you are now listening to the Flogcast Network. Hello, 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 welcome back. Yes, thank you for turning in, tuning in to the Flogcast Network. Jay Ruff in the house today. It is Champion Friday today, the new thing we're adding to the, the Flawcast Network. Every Friday, we are bringing in a champion. It could be current champion or it can be a past champion. But anyway, on Friday, we are bringing in a champion. He, he has the stage and bringing his knowledge and wisdom to the fantasy world. And today, it only felt right to bring in the current champion. And that is, of course, the Blount Force Quentin Blount, how's it going, Q? It's going great, Mr. Ruff. I like this new idea we've got with the Champion Friday theme. Um, and I'm proud and excited to be the first the first person to do this. So let's do it. Now, Champion Friday, and of course, we, we've we've been doing the, the a flog uh, fantasy league for about five years now. Uh, so now we have uh, yourself – Keegan Scott, Connor Lynn back, and a two-time champion, and and uh, Jacob McKinley. So we have four champions, so four guys to talk uh, talk to. Which you know that you know, of course, next year possibly maybe we'll add another one, uh, but we will see. So I thought you know, good good time to bring the champions in and uh, you know bring their knowledge and wisdom. So that's uh, look forward to that. You know, every Friday hearing from the champion out today, uh, Q. Uh, we have uh, a lot. I mean, a few things to talk about. We'll talk about Thursday's game. We'll talk about the the fab budget and who picked up who off the waiver wire. But uh, before we do that, we'll dig into the NFL news like we always do. And right off the bat, based off last night's game, the topic of the, you know uh, topic of the day is uh, CJ CJ Utama uh, has torn his Achilles. Uh, now that is a thing that sucks for him, especially for the Bengals, because he looked pretty good. He had a touchdown in there uh, last night. Uh, he looked pretty good. What do you think about this injury? Yeah, it's it's really it sucks. I mean, you never want to see a player go down with a season-ending injury, and um, Benzing called it, you know, last night. But it it was pretty clear when you watch the replay. Mm-hmm. Um, his calf muscle kind of like popped up. You could just tell it was an Achilles. So, yeah, it's too bad. You never want to see a player go down like that, especially, you know, he did catch a touchdown. And, you know, I don't think he was owned in our league, and he's probably not owned in most leagues. But with how much the Bengals are passing this year, Joe Burrow threw it 61 times last night. Mm. It's not out of the question that, you know, Yuzuma could have been a a fantasy-relevant tight end this year. So, So, yeah, it sucks for him. It really does. Right. I mean, he was definitely, you know, especially after last night, the way he was looking at a touchdown. I mean, he was targeted six times, caught at four uh, with 42 yards. Now, last week, uh, he he also caught it four times with 45 yards with no touchdown. So last week he had 6.5 fantasy points. Now this week he had 12.2, but all that doesn't matter now because he will not play the rest of the week. Now, if, if possibly, if he, if, you know, if he would have played the whole game, didn't get hurt, then might be a guy that we would, you know, think about picking up, especially like you said, Q. I mean, if you've got a quarterback throwing it 61 times, 
uh, and he definitely looks at his tight ends. I mean, heck, right after uh, he went down, um, Sample, Drew Sample was the main target, and he ended up uh, having a lot of targets himself. I think it was maybe nine targets that he had, and mainly because, may, yeah, don't get me wrong, they were down, so they were trying to play the catch-up game, but Sample, so we should we look at Sample and take a sample? I mean, yeah, you if if the volume keeps going like this, you definitely should. But I'm not gonna, you know. I saw like a, there was a thread last night on Twitter, basically saying, "Is Drew Sample a tight end one now?" Mm. Um, I wouldn't go that far and say that just yet, but the potential is there for sure. It I'm is. not gonna, yeah, I'm not gonna go out and go pick him up by any means just yet. We want to see it for a couple more weeks first, I think. Right, and before we dig too deep into the Bengals, uh, the Browns did win thirty-five to thirty last night. Now, uh, I this was actually in a, a very exciting game. You know, it, it's a thing where it, I, I don't know if it had something to do because I had some multiple, so many multiple guys in, in this fantasy in, uh, fantasy league aspect. But last week I didn't have any. Uh, you know, when it came to the Chiefs and the Texans, this week I had many. Uh, so I don't know if it's more fun to watch because of that reason possibly but with the browns i, I really love the the quarterback duo we had and joe burrow and mayfield uh two you know heisman guys you know first round draft pick guys that was a fun matchup especially you know the battle of ohio normally it's not a fun thing but last night it was yeah uh it was it was actually a really good game and it's going to be interesting seeing burrow and Baker Mayfield go head to head for the next couple of years or next, however many years. I mean, Baker, I think this year is kind of on a prove it type year. Like if he doesn't play well this year in the bank or in the Browns lose a bunch of games, you know, to me that kind of, it's his third year. That's going to be tough. I mean, he hasn't really showed that he's the guy just yet, but, but I mean, last night he played super well. And I think, you know, if he keeps playing like that, I think, the Browns do have something kind of special. And obviously with Burrow, I think Burrow is, he's really talented. Um, I, I like Burrow more personally, but Baker, Baker looked good last night. I can't lie. They both did. And that, yeah, that was going to be the next question I had for you. Uh, Joe Burrow, like we said, he, I mean, he threw it 61 times, completed 37 of those. I mean, heck, if you throw, you know, if you threw it 61 times, you better have over 300 yards. And he had 316 with three touchdowns there. Pretty impressive. Now with Baker Mayfield, he had two touchdowns, only threw it 23 with 16 of those being caught with a total of 219 yards. Uh, he did have an interception there, and that came a little bit towards the end. I think it was in the fourth quarter. Uh, he just didn't read that safety coming out and swooping that pass up. But uh, best, I mean, who do you think? I mean, just performance off of last night, Q. Who do you think had the better performance? Well, that one's tough. Of, it's yeah. tough to say, but you know, the Browns had the better running game. They ran for like over two hundred yards, I think. And the Bengals ran for like sixty or seventy. So, no, I'm think, talking about like I'm talking about quarterback. I know, but I'm saying that's what I'm saying is like I think that definitely helped Baker. Burrow, okay, yeah. just kind of like is put out there and has got to throw it sixty times. So, the context is you know kind of tough. But honestly, I was more impressed with Burrow. Like Baker looked really good. Don't get me wrong, but just from a pure quarterbacking standpoint. Like you said, Bur or Baker had the one interception where he didn't read that safety swooping in. 
there was a throw that the announcers uh, kind of announced for Burrow where he was about to make a very similar throw and saw the safety kind of coming in on it and mm-hmm. then ended up just stepping up and throwing it away. So um, Burrow, for how young he is, he's already got an advanced sort of nuance on, you know, understanding defenses. And, you know, it's just some of the throws he made were so impressive for only being his second game. So All I'm right. going to have to go with Burrow. Yeah, I, I think I agree with you, and uh, you pretty much answered my, my next question. I mean, if, uh, let's say, you have a number one quarterback and, uh, you know, he, he's out, so you're looking for another guy, and Joe Burrow, Baker Mayfield are available, who would you pick up? And I think I would pick up Joe Burrow. I love the way, you know, this young guy, like you said, he reads the defense pretty well, and also the placement, especially off of last night, the placement where he throws the ball to the quarterback, I mean, running back, geez, wide receivers, I thought was just perfect. Um, And, of course, we'll talk about it here in a little bit, but, you know, A.J. Green had a few that slipped out of his hands. Uh, I thought that, you know, the ball placement with uh, Tyler Boyd when he should have scored that that first touchdown in the corner of the end zone. Beautiful throw there. Um, but and Tyler Boyd didn't redeem himself and get a touchdown, uh, you know, later on in the game. But I think with, with Joe Burrow, him throwing the ball, uh, the placement of his throws are just it's beautiful. And coming from a rookie, that's yeah, even exactly. more prettier. Um, so I think, you know, long-term, especially long-term, Joe Burrow is a better pickup, um, from, you know, in this aspect. And also, you know, I mean, heck, it was a close game, but I think the Bengals will be down more. Um, so, you know, they'll be thrown a little bit more possibly. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's – I mean, Joe Burrow, I definitely think, had a better performance last night. Yeah, I'm gonna, I, I agree with all of that. Um yeah, like I said, it's just crazy that it's only his second game and he's he's making the kind of throws that he's been making. So uh, really, really impressed. But again, that's not to take away from Baker Mayfield, who had a really good game himself. All right. So, I mean, let's start and just keep going with the Bengals here. Joe Mixon, I think, you know, had another uh, kind of a disappointed game. I mean, he ran the ball 16 games for only 46 yards. I think, and his longest run was around nine yards. Uh, what really hurts the Bengals, and it possibly could hurt Joe Burrow, it did hurt Joe Burrow a little bit in the game, is this offensive line. And we talked about it a little bit yesterday on TC Thursday. Um, this offensive line, just you know, if they want to keep Joe Burrow, if they want to make this guy one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and same thing with Joe Mixon because he just signed a contract, an extension, so they definitely want to keep him. They have to build this offensive line and protect these two studs because they didn't do a very good job last night about it. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, you really want to get Mixon going because he is super talented, especially, I mean, he had a couple catches last night where it's like he doesn't look like a typical running back out there catching passes. He almost looks like a receiver. He grabs it out of the air with his hands. Um, He's just – I think he's a really, really good talent. And fantasy-wise, I know people are frustrated with him, um, but – just because of where he's drafted, like Mixon is drafted so high every year. And in our league, he's a keeper, obviously, but like in regular leagues, he gets drafted really high, like second round, early second round, end of the first round. And he doesn't, and then he has these types of games and it upsets people. But I think, yeah, as the Bengals get better, as Burrow gets better, their offensive line definitely, like you said, needs to play better. But I still think Mixon has a ton of talent. And I still really like him in fantasy. 
mean, yeah, he. I mean, in, in half PPR last night, he had ten point six fantasy points. Now, from a keeper, you're expecting more, especially. I'm sure Marcus is expecting more from one of his keepers now. And like you said, I mean, he was targeted last night four times, and he caught him all four times with forty yards. Now, that's a bright spot, especially from Joe Mixon the owners. Uh, him getting a little, you know, some targets there. Is that a number that's going to continue to be up there and maybe go a little bit higher? I don't know. I mean, like we said, Joe Burrow, he threw it 61 times, for goodness, McNug. I mean, he threw it so many times, uh, and that, that number will not be there at all times. But uh, I think Joe Mixon, I mean, he like you say, he's not a typical running back, and I think that has something that he can keep going for. Yeah, and, you know, like you, uh, Burrow's not going to throw it 61 times every game, but they're going to be throwing it a lot. Don't Right. Don't get that uh-huh. wrong. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he averages over 50 throws per game this year um, or over yeah. at least over 40, like seriously. And, you know, you may think that hurts hurt, yeah, hurts Mixon, but honestly, I think it helps him because he's still going to get 10 to 15 carries probably every game, and he's going to get a bunch of targets in a passing game. So I like the offense they're in. I would hang on to Mixon, especially if you're in a keeper, dynasty-type league. Don't. Don't trade him just because he's having a couple bad games. Um, and then on the opposite side of that, if you can go buy Mixon for the cheat on the cheap, I would do that. And let's move on to the receiving game. Now, with these receivers, AJ Green, Tyler Boyd, got thrown uh John Ross in there, and also a guy who scored a touchdown last night, Mike Thomas, not Michael Thomas. Uh, from the Saints team, but Mike Thomas had a touchdown uh, in there last night. What do you think about this receiving team? I know you're a little disappointed with Mr. A.J. Green. He led the team in targets uh, with 13, but only caught it three times for a total of 29 yards. What do you think about these guys? Yeah, you know, it's it's actually interesting because, bro, I think he, he hit eight or nine different receivers throughout the night, so... Not only are they going to throw it a lot, they're going to spread the ball around to a bunch of different people. And, yeah, I'm a little disappointed from for A.J. Green again. You know, I've started him two weeks in a row here. He's been targeted a lot in every game, but he hasn't really done anything with those targets. So um, I'm not super upset about it. Like, I like that he's getting high target volume in a high volume passing offense. And he's got he had like three or four end zone targets in the first game, and he had two or three last night. So he's been getting a lot of end zone targets. So I know other AJ Green owners are probably frustrated too, but I still think that there's reason for or room for optimism. And I'm I'm gonna keep playing for a couple more weeks. And I mean, yeah, they're gonna face tough defenses, but I just I think you gotta believe in AJ Green until. If he plays another three or four weeks and doesn't do anything, then maybe it's time to panic. I don't know. Okay, so here's a question for you because you are an A.J. Green owner in our league. Uh, so is this a point when, you know, in other leagues, if you do not have A.J. Green, is this a point to go after the A.J. Green owners and buy low yeah. on this wide receiver? Yeah, it is for sure because he's getting all of this volume and he just hasn't, it hasn't you know, produced points the way it should if you're thinking opportunity-wise. And so – yeah, he's a perfect buy low candidate right now. Um, you know, obviously that's not going to guarantee you that it pans out, but with that type of volume, you know, chances say that he's going to produce points. So, um, so yeah, he's he's a perfect buy low candidate right now. 
Yeah, I mean, and like we talked about, I do believe that A.J. Green is still the best wide receiver on this team. Uh, Tyler Boyd is probably, you know, the, the second-place guy. Uh, he was targeted uh, the third most with eight targets, and, and he did get himself a touchdown overall. He had a pretty good game. Uh, touchdown kind of saved him at the end. He caught seven with 72 yards. Tyler Boyd always looks good. I think he's an undervalued kind of wide receiver. Good flex play in majority of leagues, but I like Tyler Boyd. Um, and of course, second in targets where we talked about is Drew, Drew Sample is going to be interesting to see what he does uh, looking forward, looking ahead, especially, uh, you know, with a, a tight end spot opening up for him. Um, and so, yeah, the, you know, receiving core with the Bengals, I mean, not not too bad when it comes to receivers. No. And again, not to toot my own horn here, but you guys were all laughing at me when I was talking up Tyler Boyd all summer long. Like, well, you wanted to pick him up in like the second round. I mean, I didn't say second round. I think it was third or fourth, but you threw his name out there. Go back out, go back to our mock draft and look who I had him over. And I know it's only week two, but I, again, I I just think, I think, I think he's a great flex play, not somebody that you can rely on as your top wide receiver. And that's what you wanted to do. I mean, I, he's a wide receiver three. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I mean, but it, it's a thing where, you know, A.J. Green is going to – he's going to go off more times than not. You would think. Yeah, I agree. But when they're throwing it 60 times a game, there's room for, you know, two or even three fantasy-relevant players. So, um, yeah, no, I love – or I love Tyler Boyd. I've really liked – I've really liked him, you know, all off season long. And I've been saying that the Bengals are going to come out and throw the ball a ton. And that's exactly what they're doing. So, you know, I think there's room. I just think A.J. Boyd or, gosh, Tyler Boyd is a really strong player right now. And, you know, yeah, I have A.J. Green and I've been a little frustrated with that. But, you know, I'm still confident in him and I'm still confident in Tyler Boyd. I'm confident in both. Yeah. I mean, I I do believe that <laughs> I do believe he's a better flex than he is wide receiver. But not a lot of leagues have wide receiver three. Slots. Yeah, exactly. You know, so you know, is he a guy that you trust in you like a wide receiver two slot? I don't I don't think so. Uh, but I mean, heck, who who knows? I mean, I still believe that he he's a guy that you can trust in your on in your fantasy league uh, lineup for sure. Uh, yeah. I agree with you when it comes to that. Let's move on to the uh, the Browns team. Uh, moving on to one and one, uh, not too bad. This is where they, like I said in yesterday's episode, this is when they turn the car around. Possibly could have a season that you know so many people are expecting, especially last year. Um, but I'll tell you what, if this is the best, probably the best duo when it comes to running backs in the NFL, hands down. Um, you got Nick Chubb going absolutely nuts last night, and then you got Kareem Hunt going absolutely nuts. Both guys, you know, and and not, just not looking on the list right now, but uh, two guys scoring over 20 points fantasy-wise and half PPR. Uh, Nick Chubb had 22 carries, 124 yards with two touchdowns. Kareem Hunt had 10 with 86 yards, one touchdown. He also was had a, a receiving touchdown wide open. Nobody even close to them. These two are they just when they're against a, a, a kind of a weaker team. I mean, of course they went up against Baltimore Ravens last night, just ate them alive. Uh, but with with a team like this, they looked like studs, and they are. 
Yeah, they both are. Um, you're not wrong about that. But, you know, I think that this is one. Yeah, this might happen a few more times on the year, but I'm not going to be. What am I trying to say here? I'm still not super confident if I'm going into my lineup with Kareem Hunt. You know, I'm not I'm not necessarily hating it, but I'm not feeling super great if he's one of my starters every week. I mean, even in your flex. Even, Even in, in my flex, I mean, I think, mm-hmm. I think tonight you saw basically Kareem Hunt's, basically his ceiling, or last, mm-hmm. like what did he have? What was his stats last night? He had ten carries and eighty for eighty six yards, and he had a, a receiving touchdown as well. But if you, you know, of course, if you watch the game, um, they were just pounding Nick yeah, Chubb. The the first three quarters, they were just boom, 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 chub, chub, chub. Now in the, in the last fourth in the fourth quarter and maybe the last drive it was all Hunt and that was yeah. the majority of where he got his carries his ten carries was in that and basically in yards because there was like two or three uh, first downs where he just ran ten yards in a row I mean boom boom you know ten yards ten yards and and then he he got that huge run on the outside got him to the like first or you know inside the 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 goal line and then he got his TD. Uh, so yeah, I mean, in the if it was no fourth quarter, you know, Kareem Hunt wouldn't have you know the high twenties like he is right now. He did get a receiving touchdown, uh, but in, like like I said, it was wide open. It was clear cut, easy throw. But I, I agree with you. Don't bank on Kareem Hunt going absolutely nuts um, every single game like this. Yeah, it, he's a nice guy to have, especially if Chubb were to get hurt. You know, Ugh, then yeah. you know Hunt is just going to be a superstar, but. For now, I think basically last night was close to his ceiling. I mean, 86 rushing yards on 10 carries, and he had a couple catches and a receiving touchdown. Um, you know, maybe he could squeeze out a little bit more. Two he could have gotten, but for the most part, I think that was his ceiling. And like you said, most of those carries came in the fourth quarter where they were riding Chubb all game. But I, a lot of teams, they use kind of what they call the hot hand approach. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Chubb's looking really, really good. And then you bring in Hunt. And when he's looking really good, you don't want to take him right back out. Let him get a few more carries. I mean, you know, if he's looking and he's running hot and he's looking good, let him keep going. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that happens more. But, again, I think 10 carries for 86 yards, that's 8.6 yards per carry. The highest in the NFL last year was like – over over five, I think. So, and I see, I see the number for Chubb and carries going down. I I see this being. I mean, we talked about it so many times, and so many people have talked about it. This being a committee. I mean, seriously, it's just like you know they split fifty fifty, and they're both equally awesome. Um, and, and just think if one went down, then the other would. Oh, goodness, McNug. If yeah. if Chubb went down, oh, Hunt would go absolutely nuts. And of course, if you know, Hunt goes down, Chubb goes nuts. I mean, if one of these two guys go down, it's it's good luck. Uh, but, I mean, right now they're just looking beautiful together um, against teams. And especially, like I said, against a weaker Bengals team, we will see. Um, I mean, they have a, a tougher road ahead of them. I think they got – oh, actually, they got Washington football team uh, next week um, on the 27th. But, well, you know, a tough team. I, <laughs> I was just going to say, I mean, it took down that pathetic uh, Philadelphia Eagles team. Uh, but, you know, it's it, – it, it, who knows? I mean, we will see. We'll continue to watch this two-monster uh, duo here in Cleveland. Yep. Uh, they're going to be really fun to watch from a running back perspective. They are 
if not the best one-two punch in the league, to definitely they're they're up, right up there with the very best. So. Right, absolutely. Uh, let's move on to the receiving core. Odell Beckham Jr. finally came back. I mean, he was only targeted. I mean, last week he was targeted ten times. This week it was six times. The majority of those targets. And catches came in the first half. That long 43-yard catch for a touchdown. Did a great job losing his defender. Kind of like backtracked and boom, exploded up. Baker Mayfield with a beautiful throw. I I kind of look, from my personal opinion, it kind of looked like his knee was down on the one-yard line. Uh, it was pretty freaking close, but they called it a touchdown. Um, so Odell got his first touchdown of the year. He finished with uh, four catches, 74-yard. But like I said, he kind of disappeared in the second half. Uh, it's just kind of tip- typical Odell fashion as of the last year or so. I mean, last couple of years, really. He just hasn't been, you know, super consistent. I mean, he's still been really good, but it's just for what we're used to, the way we saw Odell perform his first few years of, this, of his career was like superstar. So it's been disappointing, but... But, yeah, you know, he got back on track with a nice long touchdown last night. looked really good. And that's all you really need. I mean, he got a few catches and he got a touchdown. What more do you really want? I mean, I don't think you really drafted him too high if you're an Odell owner. Like, in our league, he wasn't even the keeper. He was a first-round pick, but that's the fifth round, basically, mm-hmm. in our league. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I mean, if you're an Odell owner, I mean, you, you'll take it. You'll take it any, any day. Uh, if you get a touchdown on Odell, um, you know, 50-plus yards possibly, I mean, that's a good day from Odell, especially in our league. Uh, I mean, uh, TC has Odell as maybe a wide receiver three, uh, depending on, you know, of course, DJ Moore uh, in, his, in that situation. But, I mean, he's banking on him to be uh, you know, uh, his third-best wide receiver. Uh, so that's, that's something that uh, it probably it excites TC. Um, so we'll we'll see there uh, looking down ahead. I mean, besides Odell, nothing really fancy in the receiving team. I mean, of course, uh, all, everybody else in our league wasn't in their lineup. So Landry, uh, he, he was only looked at three times with three catches, 46 yards. And Hodge had a couple of catches. And Hooper, Hooper's just a guy who, who you know, two weeks in a row uh, just complete duds. Uh, two fantasy points, three fantasy points. I mean, he's getting dropped in majority of leagues now. Um, it's the thing where, you know, heck, he is just – was he that good in Atlanta? Uh, bec- or was it mostly because of just Matt Ryan and the, the Falcons were just playing catch-up game all year long? And it, it, there's so many other targets for uh, Matt Ryan. He was just there. Well, I think it's a little bit of both, but mostly I think it's – what you said secondly there that the Falcons are just always in high scoring games. They're always some, a lot of times playing from behind and Matt Ryan and the Falcons throw it, you know, almost 50 times a game. It seems like a lot of times. So, so yeah, I mean, I just think he's part of a high volume passing offense and that's what made him be that, t- that type of tight end. So, and you know, that's what I was banking on. I drafted Hayden Hurst late in our draft and that's the exact reason why, because you know, the Falcons made Hooper into this elite kind of fantasy tight end option. And I was hoping for the same thing with Hurst, but with Hooper on the Browns, I mean, Hooper's a really talented player. It's just, you're not going to have that same passing volume like you did in Atlanta. 
Right, right, absolutely. And before we we escape from the Browns team, I do have a question for you, uh, Q, on our Twitter page. Uh, Taylor asked, honestly, I thought Kareem Hunt looked better than Chubb. Any chance that Hunt overtakes Chubb as the lead back? That is a question from Twitter. Man, that is a that's a really good question, actually. It is. It I is. agree with Taylor on this. Um, I really do think I like I, yeah, I, I, I like Chubb. <laughs> What'd you say? I'm sorry. I, I like Kareem Hunt more than I like Chubb as just a pure running back. Because mm-hmm. Hunt can do it all. Like Hunt can run. We saw what he did when he was in Kansas City. I mean, that guy was a superstar. But right. obviously, he got into some trouble, and that's why that's why he's a backup right now. Um, but no, I mean, Chubb, I, I don't know. I, I like Chubb. Like Chubb just feels like kind of like the boring option to me. Like he's just a runner. He doesn't mess around and that's not a bad thing, but I think. Right. I mean, I, Hunt is definitely yeah. more explosive for yeah, sure. I think Hunt is more explosive. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it's the thing where I, if, I don't see, I don't see Hunt taking over unless Chubb, gets hurt. I mean, yeah, it's, I it's a thing it, that's, that's what we're looking at here. Uh, I don't see them just, well, Hunt's going absolutely nuts. We, we, we got to sit you down, Chubb, you know, shut up. You're, you're, you're benched. No, that's not going to happen. Uh, you know, if Chubb, you know, has an extreme broken nail, then maybe, uh, but I, I, you know, if Chubb doesn't go down, I see this, just, this is what we're going to be looking at with the Cleveland Browns. We're just going to be looking at just two guys going absolutely nuts and splitting carries. Uh, yeah, so, because, Chubb hasn't done anything to lose his job, and right. it was his job before it was Hunt's. But if anything, the way Hunt's looking so good, it's just going to mean more carries for him mm-hmm. and probably a few less for Chubb. So like you said, going to be a committee almost. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And that was actually not from Twitter. Um, it was from Taylor Fox, one of our buddies. Uh, he threw a question uh-huh. in there. So I wanted to, to make sure you knew who you didn't, you know, didn't know who it was coming from. So just a Taylor from random I have Twitter. I agree with the old box on this one. <laughs> All right. So uh, uh, thank you, uh, Taylor, for shooting me a text this morning, asking a question about that. So let's move on to, you know, our league. Now, of course, you know, we spiced it up, you know, in the off season this, this year, we, we added the fab budget. And I'm sure lots of people are aware of how all that works. Uh, but uh, we, we do it with the, uh, the waiver wires, uh, go through every uh every hour before each game so every thursday night every sunday and every uh monday night so that makes it more enjoyable as well uh we had a few go in last night q uh what what do you take out of this what really stands out to you um i guess like which which of the waiver claims stand out the most correct now, I well, can go through them before uh, – let me just go through them real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, go through them first. Naheem Himes, he was picked up for $31 in our league by myself, of course. Um, and uh, Malcolm Brown, these are just the top dudes that were picked up money-wise. Malcolm Brown was picked up for uh, for $17 for Jacob McKinley. And uh, Benny Snell Jr. was picked up for $16. By also Jacob McKinley. So those are the top three dudes that were picked up um, money-wise. Any of those stand out to you? 
I mean, honestly, they all kind of do. I was interested to see how, you know, this first week of fab was going to play out because this is the first year we've implemented this and there wasn't really like, we didn't really have like a fab market set. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. um, what made you, I guess my first question is what made you spend $31 on Naeem Hines? Oh, I mean, why, what, what made 31 that be the number for you? Well, here's the thing. This is uh, thank you for asking me this because that's that's an awesome question, and I wanted to talk about it. Um, I, I, you know, how many times I changed this number? Right, I bet, I bet you did. <laughs> oh, a lot. I did. First, you know, first it was at like first it was at uh, ten. I had it at ten at first. I'm like, no, that's that someone's gonna bid ten, so I'm gonna go eleven. All right, yep. it was bid eleven. You know, change it up a little bit. No, someone's gonna someone's. I mean, I just kept hearing more stuff about Himes being awesome. Um, so, you know, I raised it up to 21. I raised it up to 21. I'm like, well, someone's going to bid 21. So I moved it to 23. Now, I stayed at 23 for a long time. <laughs> I did. I stayed at 23 for a long time. And then I just, you know, for some reason, I just had a tingling in, in my in my neck. And I was like, dude, uh, if, someone, if someone grabs him, I'm going to be a little frustrated. Maybe because Himes, you know, I have a little soft spot because he's on my favorite team. I, you know, besides Paris Campbell and I pick, I didn't draft any Colts players in the draft. Oh, I picked up Paris Campbell and the, you know, in the, uh, also in the fab budget was $0, but I didn't, I wanted Hines. So I raised it up to 31 and just be like, this, this is my final one. I'll move it to 31. And thank goodness I did. Because the next bet, the closest one after me, my thirty-one dollars was TC for twenty-five. Dang! And how did you? How do you see that? It's it's what... it's on the ESPN. You got to be on a desktop though. Okay, got to be on gotcha. your computer. Uh, gotcha. So it's twenty-five dollars TC. Here's another interesting stat, uh, Q. You you know eight guys in our league. You are the only one who did not put a bid in for Naheem Himes. You're yep. the only dude. Yeah. Um, so I asked, well, you know, I'll lead into that question. Like, why, why did you not go after Himes? Well, right. because I knew everyone else was, and I knew you guys were probably just going to be in a crazy bidding war. And like, I just didn't want to, I already feel like I have so many questions with my players as it is to like, I don't know who to start every week because I, mm-hmm. you know, I have AJ Green, I'm starting Marvin Jones. C.D. Lamb, I really want to start. Other Dobbins, I think, could explode eventually. I don't have enough players I want to drop. So is that why you didn't even go after Goddard? uh, Because I already have two tight ends on my roster. You know, I've got Mark Mm -hmm. Andrews, who I'm going to start every week, as long as he's healthy and playing. And then I have Hayden Hurst, a guy I think down the road is going to develop into one of the top tight ends, fantasy-wise, and possibly be a trade piece for me if I need him to be. So I want to hang on to him a little bit longer. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's why I didn't go after Himes. I, I still really like him. It's just, I only have one player I'm comfortable with dropping and that's me Cole Hardman. And I wanted somebody else more. I only put in one bid, uh, this weekend or like, right. yeah. Yeah. And that was from Malcolm Brown. Right. He put in six bucks for him. We'll talk about it in a little bit, but, uh, just going down the Heinz pickups, TC, like I said, had 25, Scott Benzing with 21, Jacob McKinley also put 21 in there. So I think all those bids right there, uh, were pretty good bits. And so I would not have been happy if I put, you know, if I would left it at 23, TC took him with 25. I probably would not have done a podcast today. I would probably be that upset. 
Uh, I really wanted Hines, and I, I, that's why I went a little bit higher than normal person would have done um, and put in 31. But I'm happy I got him. Um, and so after that, Marcus put nine in, Keegan put seven, Connor put three. Now, this is a thing where, you know, I think, in, especially off our Twitter page, Q, Naheem Hines was, uh, was the top target. He was the top guy. Um, arguably so. I mean, he, he was probably one of the guys that, you know, you know, could have the highest upside, if you will. But, you know, with I don't understand why you really think that by Marcus putting $9 in, by Keegan putting 7 Connor with 3 do you really think that those were going to go through? I mean, I don't, uh, like, with 7 9 and 3 I mean, that, that blows my mind. This is a big boy league, boys. This is a big boy league. And so if you want to go after somebody who – you know, possibly is the next, I mean, is very, very good. You got to put more change in than freaking nine, seven, or three bucks. I'm just telling you now, especially with me in the league, I'll whip them up with, I only got 63 bucks left, but I'll get them. I'll use it all, baby. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's why no one was really sure being the first real week of the first year we've implemented this system. I think most people just weren't sure how aggressive people were going to be. Um, I don't know if you guys were like listening to other fab podcasts where they're recommending, okay, you need to spend 30% of your budget on this guy or a percentage of your budget, which I'm sure other members are listening to things like that. But um, so I think that's where maybe a lot of these bids are coming from. But again, yeah, I just, it's week one. I wasn't going to go too crazy with it. I know you maybe with your roster, the shape your roster is in, maybe needed to be a little more aggressive but down the road if you know a high profile person gets hurt or i don't know i mean we'll see i just want to keep my foot or my fab in shape for you know down the season in case something happens but i I don't know i mean we'll see we'll see what happens yeah we'll see i mean with malcolm brown like i said jake picked him up for 16 bucks or i'm sorry 17 bucks and tc was the next one uh, he, he put $15 in. So back-to-back TC was a little bit short of picking up his guy, um, the guy he wanted. Marcus was next with seven. You with six. I put five in there. Connor with three. Keegan again with a low number with one. Um, and Here's another interesting thing. Uh, Benny Snell Jr. Uh, was uh, picked up for 16 bucks, and no one else besides Jacob McKinley put a bid in for Benny Snell Jr. Is that shocking to you? Oh, uh, yeah, that is kind of shocking. Like, I right, thinking, I thought so too. I was thinking about putting a bid in for him, but um, I don't know. When it was all said and done, I just, again, my situation was I only have one player I felt comfortable dropping. I didn't know how much Malcolm Brown was going to go for. I figured with seven, I honestly might get him. Um, and so, yeah, I didn't want to put in another claim and like, that's what one thing I was sure about was okay. I put in a I put in a claim for Malcolm Brown and I dropped Miko Hardman. But now, what if I also put in another, another claim for Benny Snell Jr. and I go and select to drop Miko Hardman? What happens mm-hmm. if I get both of those guys? Right. I would Take have a to drop. Chunk, huh? I would have to right. drop another player, but like, I don't want to drop another player. So I just I only wanted to try and go after one player this time around. Um, that might change moving forward, but yeah, with Benny Snell, it, it surprised me. I think Jake maybe felt 
a little pressure to get him since he's a James Conner owner. And yeah, maybe he spent a little more than he should have. So yeah, between those guys, he spent 33 points right there between Malcolm Brown and Benny Snell Jr. And we'll see if that pans out to be good for him. Uh, Russell Gage was uh, a guy who was picked up for six bucks by myself. Uh, pretty much of a gamble thing. I no one else put a bid in for him, but I wanted to make sure I had. That's a good uh, pickup right there. Yeah, I agree with it. I mean, I was kind of shocked that no one else put a bid in for him. Again, I just think I would have if my roster, if I needed another spot, I definitely would have because I really mm-hmm. like Russell Gage where he's sitting at. Um, he's in that high-volume offense, and we saw last week what he can be. So, so yeah. I mean, we'll I, see. Yeah, I really like him. We'll definitely see. Uh I mean, I love the price that I got on the too. It's not too much, six bucks. Yep. And, you know, we'll see if week one was a fluke or not. Um, we will see when it comes to that. Uh, Traquan Smith was picked up for $10. This is a thing that's an overpriced guy. I, I, I you know, I understand why TC went after him for, uh, because of Michael Thomas being out. Uh, but with Traquan Smith, 10 bucks, I think that was too much. I mean, he was, he only caught one pass last week for four yards. Uh, so is this a guy that, you know, if Michael Thomas is out, is he going to be the guy in New Orleans? I don't think so. But I, I like – so I kind of judge TC a little bit, throwing 10 bucks at this guy. I would have to agree. I mean, we've seen a few different times where Ted Ginn, I think, a couple years ago, he went out for a few games. We are like, oh, Traquan Smith, he's the hot picker. Because, like, Traquan did have one or two good games, but – it just never really panned out to where he was worth starting every week. He's a boomer bust type guy when he's in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't really love boomer type bust type guys, but so, I mean, yeah, I agree. I think this is probably an overspend an overspending, you know, situation here too, but you know, with TC's team, he's, his starters are pretty much set in place. He's got a really nice roster, so he can afford to, to make some of these boomer bust type plays. Um, so again, I do think it was maybe a little bit of an overspending, but I can't really blame him, I guess. Well, heck, I mean, that, that's kind of like you said, it, where a situation, this is just week one and well, actually week two now, but it's thing where <laughs> this is the biggest fab thing where we had. And it's like, who, I mean, heck, like, I don't like, I wasn't sure about everyone's brains and how much people were going to throw at one person. Um, so that's why, like, luckily I changed mine, like I said, 23 to 31, or I'd be frustrated. But I'm like, I kept thinking, well, heck, should I, should I push it even higher? And I'm sure <laughs> that's what TC was, was thinking. Uh, you know, I'm like, you know, cause he could easily got Traquan Smith by, with $1. And, yep. you know, he's like, oh, well, I mean, let's put it at five. He possibly could have, and I'll probably ask him next time he's on next TC Thursday, but who knows? Uh, I I just think that it was too high for a guy in Traquan Smith. Moving down the 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 list here, Joshua Kelly I think was the steal of the day with three dollars. That's a guy that I had a bid in as well. So if any if anything didn't pan out when it comes to when it came to uh um, Naheem Himes and um I think uh, with Malcolm Brown I think I had a a bid in for Joshua Kelly for only two bucks. I still went and got him, uh, but in that. I, mean, I think I was very – we'll see what happens there in L.A., uh, but I think Joshua Kelly is someone to keep your eye on, and that you know, three bucks is definitely affordable. Uh, yeah, that's that's kind of a bargain right there. And, again, I was – when we were watching that game on Sunday, I think we all were pretty much in agreement that, man, Joshua Kelly is looking really good. 
Yeah. Um, and so if they keep utilizing him like that, he was getting goal line touches. He could be a nice little fantasy piece, um, especially if Eckler gets hurt. Then it's a mm. really, really nice fantasy piece. So, so yeah, I mean, I think that's a really good pick up there. That was Connor that got him. That was Connor. Yeah. yeah. And he only spent, you know, 3% of his fab budget doing it. So I, I thought that was a really nice pickup. And uh, last but not least, I think uh, Dallas Goddard was picked up for four bucks. Uh, now it's a thing where I think that's another steal uh, yeah. because I had uh, that was another thing that he was my second highest bid. If if Hines didn't go through, my next bid was Dallas Goddard for I think twelve dollars. Um, which you know it, it's a thing where I I would have loved him even though. Uh, I'm kind of in the same situation as you, TC. I have two pretty good tight ends. I mean, Ingram, he didn't. He, I still think that he'll have a good year. And and then I have uh, uh crap, I freaking forget his name already. That's not good if I forget my own freaking uh, tight end back. Oh, Huckinson. I have Huckinson in there, and you know, two guys I I trust. But uh, it's a thing where if Dallas Scholar is on my team, I'll take it. Um. I'll be happy with it. Yeah, Dallas is a really nice tight end. And, again, he plays kind of backup to Zach Ertz, but they're not really backup. It's more of a 1A, 1B situation. So mm-hmm. either one of those guys could explode. And I, I would feel very comfortable going into my week with Dallas Goddard as my tight end. I can't lie. Um, but, yeah, again, I, th- I do think that's a steal. Um, so who ended up getting him? Uh, uh, Marcus. Marcus got him. Okay, yeah, I, I do like that, mm-hmm. Marcus. So, so yeah, I agree with you 100. percent I think that's I think that's a steal there. I mean, heck, Marcus has uh, Darren Waller uh, in his tight end spot. Yeah, he didn't really have the best game, but Waller's still going to be a stud, and he could be a guy in Goddard that he can throw in his flex spot possibly if he continues to be uh, a stud in Philadelphia. So we'll see there. Um, I think four bucks is definitely a steal. And again, that's another thing that I'm surprised people didn't go after more, especially uh, Keegan. Uh, Keegan, you know, he has Tyler Higby, a guy who has been, you know, completely high in the offseason. Uh, he did end up picking a cheaper Jared Cook. Uh, so, I mean, heck, that could pan out to be good for him, too. We will see. He ended up dropping Austin Hooper. Uh, good for him. Uh, but yeah, like I said, he picked up Jared Cook for $0. So that could be a good move for him, kind of a safe, a safer pick. But would you rather have a Goddard? Would you rather have Goddard or Jared Cook? Um, that is tough, but I think, man, it's tough. Yeah, it's kind of a, a flip of the coin kind of thing. Um, yeah, it is. Honestly, it is. Because I see the I see the upside for Goddard being a little bit higher. Um, I think I think so too, but. I think the upside is higher, but then again, I do think Cook might be a little bit safer. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and Keegan also probably knew people. A lot of people are going to go after Goddard, and maybe not as many would go after, you know, Cook. So, so yeah. Uh, but I do agree. I think the upside's probably a little bit higher with Goddard. Yeah, and it feel it just feels like, like if uh, were to get hurt, especially. Right. Yeah. For sure. Uh, I, I definitely think. Some guys definitely played it safe week one. Keegan being one of them and yourself being one of them definitely played it safe in this first uh, round of the fab uh, 
budget situation. Um, you still have a hundred dollars left. Keegan has ninety nine. Uh, so you guys definitely played it safe when it comes to that. Played it safe or being uh, wussies, babies. Well, you know, either one, both of one kind of similar. If you want to look at it like that, uh, I like the being wussies a better term. Um, but you know, who knows. <laughs> I mean, I like to just call it we're more confident in our original roster. Okay, yeah. So either road, you know, any road you can take, you know, you can go down and, and say those words. So, hey, Q, that pretty, pretty much wraps up the Fab Budget. Thank you so much for joining me today on Champion Friday. We're going to bring you on for more Fridays to come. Uh, thank you, uh, Q. And you have any last words or comments? Nope. Can't wait for Sunday. That's That's about it. Nope, can't wait for Sunday either. Well, hey, thanks so much, Q. You have a good weekend, uh, and you uh, take care, everybody else. Take care. You have listened to the Flawcast Network. Stay safe.